after she popped up at the General Hospital. Is it called General Hospital? It is called General okay. Hospital. Another episode of Generally Not at a Hospital, um, which we weren't at all. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> this is uh, the start of the week. Uh, so this is the episode from Monday, August 31st. You know the drill. We talk about General Hospital. Hi. Um, oh, my God. I There was lots of little reveals throughout the, every storyline, and I was all excited to talk about them, but we just have to start with Neil and Alexis. What on earth? That was wild. And I could tell something was coming, right? Because they were like, it was too good to be true. They were saying all those like um, famous last words lines. Like, we had... Now we have all the moments in the world, and Alexis was like, I'm so happy, I'm so into this person. Um, and so I was like, oh, I bet in the next couple episodes, something else bad will happen. But nope. Neil just died? <sighs> yeah, I was not expecting that. And I, I've been kind of staying away from my like sort of like soap news kind of sites um, that will usually spoil like actors coming and going. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't heard this, the actor was leaving, I hadn't heard anything at all, so I was very surprised. I suppose it could maybe be a misdirect, and we'll find out he's not dead in the next episode, but it seemed to be pretty, pretty clear. Yeah, that was... That he, he, he was, for anyone who, I don't know who is doing this besides our mother, listening to this podcast but not watching this show, for clarity, Alexis woke up after they reunited and spent the night together, and he was like cold in bed so presumably has died yeah and I just like that's got to be unprecedented in this universe right that someone dies of natural natural causes causes. in bed (laughs) they're not murdered they're not faking their own death they're not I don't know what else happens they're not shot in a stakeout or whatever unprecedented maybe the only thing I can think of is like maybe, like, Lila or Edward Quartermain maybe died of natural causes, like, of old age. But, yeah, it is a rarity. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I, yeah, just, and, like, the the irony, like, they have that whole speech about how we had one beautiful moment, and then all hell broke loose, and now we have all the moments in the world together now that we've reconnected. Like, just, just hit you over the head. Poor Alexis. I know. What is she's, this for? Just to torture her? Yeah, she's been through so much. She's had some really, really shitty love interests. And now she had a fine one. I'm sure he would have had skeletons in the closet if he had lived. Um, but, you know, a nice guy really liked her. And not only is he now dead, her career is lost and gone. Um, so now what's she going to do? Oh, God. Uh, I hope she doesn't join Sasha at, like, rock bottom with, like, random people handing her drugs out of nowhere. <laughs> she already has an alcohol problem. Oh, no. I was joking, but maybe she might, oh, no. she that, might start drinking again. That would be a hell of a trigger. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, I guess some other stuff happened, too. Oh, I guess. Um, okay. So, the Nina and Valentine stuff was interesting. Uh, I think the reveal to me, I don't, I don't remember this at all, that Sam helpfully spelled out, but, so, Valentine went after ELQ in part to punish Michael because Michael blackmailed Valentine to protect Sasha. So Michael blackmailed Valentine to not prosecute, to convince Nina not to prosecute Sasha? Not to, like, press charges, yeah. So what was he blackmailing Valentine about, that Valentine knew about it? Yeah, I guess it hadn't at that point come out that Valentine knew that Sasha was, like, playing Nina. And, in fact, hired her to do that. And had, in fact, hired her to do that. So when it was revealed that Sasha wasn't her daughter, presumably Valentine was still... Valentine and Nina still together, and he was able to, like, talk her down from pressing charges because otherwise Michael would have revealed that Valentine was in on the scheme. That's all very convoluted. I don't think I knew that piece of it. I I don't know that I knew that piece of it. Oh, okay. Remember, I stopped... Watching, I kind of went on my own personal hiatus before Michael and Sasha got serious, before it was revealed to Nina that Sasha wasn't her daughter, although the audience knew. Right. So, no, I don't, I don't know that I would have known that specific okay. piece of it either. I knew Michael had stood by her mm-hmm. when it all came out. I didn't know he'd blackmailed Valentine. Yeah. That kind of makes the ELQ thing make sense, if that's as a, a maybe a secondary motivation. Um, I loved, loved that... Um, 
because they they were talking about Sam being able to see Jason Morgan as a part of the ELQ deal with Valentine, and then there was literal psycho music like um, under the line when uh, Valentine just stares at Nina and is like, "Oh, it's understandable that people would do anything it takes to be with the one they love." And it's just like, <laughs> "Oh, that's laying it on a little thick." Also, um, but Nina was like. Okay, so Valentine tries to bait her and is like, oh, would Jax go to all these extremes for you? And she's like, no, because what to you is an extreme to me is a manipulation. So that was very good. Although, you, of course, they're clearly setting it up. Jax is about to lie to Nina in a big way. Hopefully, we're about to finally get the characters starting to think that Nina is Nell's mom. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, Jax is going to be coming for Carly with Nell having gone over the cliff. Right. So, so now he will be lying to her about the whereabouts of her child. Yes. And whether or not she's alive or dead. So she's going to, she and Jax are about to blow up in a big way, I, I, I think, once this all starts to come out. So I think they were also laying that on pretty thick, too. That Jax would never lie to me. Jax oh, would never right. deceive me. I don't think I, we hadn't seen that second necklace yet. I tracked mm. that Nell was wearing it, but I guess I imagined it with her. Um, yeah. And, you know, Carly was about to set the precedent that she's going to tell Sonny the truth, and then she doesn't. She doesn't. I feel like... I was surprised. I was too, and I think that's going to cause them a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially, because now they're doing that bullshit where, like, Carly is happy with Sonny, and Jax is happy with Nina, but because they, they're going to feel like they can't confide this to them, they're going to start to get close, and Sonny and Nina are going to be jealous, and then it's all going to explode, and it's all going to be very, very bad. Yeah. I just love that, sorry, not directly related to the lying part, but the Valerie of it all. Um, like, if she hadn't said, Carly, I'm your cousin. Like, I care. I'm like, do you, though? She was, I thought, a little, maybe she was just being professional. I found her a little wooden. Yeah, I mean, I got nothing from her, you know, in terms of who are you? Personality. How do you, how do you feel about these family members that yeah. you are, like, interacting with in this professional capacity? Yeah. I, I Like I said, I almost forgot she was on the show before she popped up in this storyline. Like, mm-hmm. I hope they give her something more to do. Yeah. Um, Michael and Willow. Um, Rama. Um, yes. I, I, w- I was so pleased that they acknowledged... Um, that Willow didn't go with Michael to the station or cause I, I thought that was a little strange, but so the fact that she addressed it, I really appreciated. She was telling him that she like regretted not going with him and that like, we're stronger together. And even though we ended up in this marriage for like weird reasons, like we're a team. So I thought that was, I was glad that she sort of spoke to that and, and like why she did it. Yeah. It was a very emotionally charged conversation that was not just thank you for doing this thank you for doing this it was like oh wait like what's really going on so leading up to the kiss felt very organic even though I still screamed and looked away because (laughs) um because they just brought up Sasha yeah and Sasha being doing a kind thing and stopping by and Michael seemed interested so I really I I want the chase Sasha lie to come out so I didn't like love the kiss but I thought you know they earned it they got there they did it was really it was really sweet because Michael was like, oh, no, I'm, I'm glad he didn't come with me, which at first I was like, what? Um, but he meant, because he was, like, you know, Nell had just slashed Brooklyn's throat, and she hit him over the head with the vase, and, like, he's like, I'm, I, if you would have gotten hurt, like, that would have been, I would have Yeah, they had so lots upset. of protective of each other moments, because then yes. she reacted to him getting hit over the head. Yes, and they, they had a sweet moment where she was, like, checking him for a concussion. Yeah, so I agree. I think the kiss, the non-kiss, of course, because of the stuff... Um, was was earned and very sweet and very not earned just from that conversation but like they said that was like the worst night of their life they were both worried about their child and to have them like sort of bond and because they never really talked about what their marriage is going to look like beyond Mm -hmm. taking care of Wiley right and like what lines they never really talked about lines so I thought that's what they were going to talk about oh Or, or at least in part but instead, they just jumped straight to kissing. So I was like, yeah. oh, okay, we're not going to discuss the boundaries. We're just going right. to pass and, through them. And, of course, the doorbell rings. But it looks like they're about to talk about the kiss. Or maybe do more than talk about the kiss. We'll see. Um, and then, quick sidebar, at the very beginning, Michael told Willow that, hey, this is actually all thanks to Brooklyn. Right. Because she was told not to speak, but she told me what she knew about the tracker. Um, and now, I mean, whatever happens to Brooklyn in the future, Michael and Willow 
are on her side no matter what. Yeah. Well, and, and she perhaps a little misguidedly or, or over-enthusiastically has had their backs through the whole, like, cheating sure, thing. Like, yeah. she got in Chase and Sasha's face. So she, she would go to the mat for them and now for real has with this whole thing with Wiley and they've got her back for sure. So that's a, that's a fun little friendship yeah. or, or family. I mean, they're, they're cousins or whatever. Um, and, you know, I, out of all the characters, I would not have guessed that Brooklyn would be the hero of the Nell story, yeah. basically, because um, without her, that would have gotten been really bad. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jason goes home. It was kind of the whole story. It was sweet. It was very sweet. Um, I don't think I'd spent much time with the little child actor. And there was a child. I thought there the was rule, a child. I was like, okay, no teenagers, no children, no babies. So We ooh. did assume they weren't going to have the children back to film. We never, like, verified that on the internet. That's true. And the no kissing seems to be, the, I guess, the one hard and fast rule. Yeah. Now. Yeah. I haven't um, even noticed anything weird with, like, distance. Like, there's been no. some hugs. There hasn't been anything noticeable. Yeah. Um... And then Jason immediately tells Sam all about Taggart, which I'm like, Trust in communication. Yeah, exactly. So that's in direct contrast to Carly and Sunny. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Sam is a PI, is friends with Curtis and Jordan. So I feel like that could open up some stuff. Not that she'd go running off and telling them right away, but... But they know. Oh, no, wait. No, Jordan knows Jordan Curtis Jordan knows doesn't. Curtis doesn't. So speaking of people, oh, couples right. keeping secrets... That's the theme right now. It's all about couples keeping secrets from each other. Yeah. Molly and TJ have secret, or Molly has a secret from TJ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's basically just Jason and Sam that don't have secrets, right? Um, far be for me to hold them up as like an example couple, but I don't think Liz and Franco have secrets per se. They have other issues, mm-hmm. um, but I don't think either of them are keeping secrets at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, that was the craziest ending of any episode I can remember. Um, just good, not good stuff. Crazy <laughs> stuff. Crazy stuff. All right. Tuesday, September 1st. I have to get the most important thing out of the way immediately. Okay. Go for it. I think the broccoli is multiplying. <laughs> it's getting bigger. It looks so huge. It looks so much bigger than I remember because we haven't been in Sunny's kitchen in a minute. Mm-hmm. But Carly, it opened with Carly in the kitchen pouring coffee, and I was just like, the broccoli plant thing is taking over the counter. It didn't help. Island. It didn't help that the first shot of the episode was the broccoli in the forefront and Carly in the background. True. So in my notes now that we are going so fast, I, I like start with, I do one block for like Willow and Michael, and I do another block for this person. I wrote Carly and plant. That <laughs> seemed to be the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we get Carly and creepy dead vision of Nell. Yeah. Which was, of course, the dream sequence or something, but, like, creepy, creepy, creepy. I did really enjoy that then, you know, Jax comes and, of course, m- mimics the tapping. But Jax comes in to talk to Carly about what happened, and Carly recites the soap rule that you've said to me from day one. Yes! Nobody. You can't be sure. And she cites Ryan Chamberlain, who was a... Serial killer. Mm-hmm. He's the one who cut off his hand, but they never they didn't find his body. So like, oh, I guess he's dead because they found his hand. He did a Peter and, Pettigrew. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I, then of course he turned up alive, missing a hand, right. which did make it then very easy to tell him apart from his twin brother. <laughs> there you go. There you go. But um, I love it. Carly is genre savvy. Yeah, she. If you weren't here to explain the rules to me, Carly was about to do so. Um, so I liked that. Um, they kind of laid out that Carly is not just traumatized because of seeing Nell fall. She's now going to have to deal with the repercussions of dealing with all of Nell for this whole time and having this this person coming after her in that way, which mm-hmm. I guess I never really thought about because Carly always seems so confident. But now this constant enemy who specifically was out to destroy her life isn't here anymore, so there's going to be some residual stuff there. So I thought that was... That was good to underline for me, um, and like what Carly's path forward is going to be and how she's going to work through it. Um, and then we talked about how she ultimately like didn't tell Sunny mm-hmm. right away, and I can see the trajectory because then she told Jax, "Well, you know, this is his last time with Mike. I don't want to intrude on that. He's going to be really mad at me that I didn't tell him right away." So I can see in a couple weeks when it would be the right time in her mind what she's saying to tell Mike, to tell Sunny, well, he's going to be mad at me 
that I didn't tell him initially. So I'm going to avoid that for a little while and keep making up excuses not to tell him. And ultimately, it'll be this giant secret. Yeah, either he'll find out by accident and be even more pissed, or no, we'll just turn up and yeah, tell the world. I'm sure she will be like calling a press conference, you know, to tell the world that Carly pushed me over the cliff, or or, or Carly let me fall on purpose, or whatever. Or almost worse, she is dead, and everyone, hmm. and that's stressful for Nina and sorry, Carly and Jax. Forever having to not know for sure if she's dead or not. Is she going to turn up with this big secret to reveal? And then Michael and Willow, like, she will haunt them forever. Yeah. If they don't find a body or some kind of closure. Which is why Jax is fucking wrong. And Carly should have just come clean to Valerie in the first place. Yes. Very wrong. Um, But at the very, very end, um, Nina said kind of some of the same things. She's like, I know how psychotic Nell is. This will haunt them forever. And Jax is like, I don't think we have to worry about it. And I was like, okay, Jax. Like, this seems to be a closely guarded secret. If you're going to get away with this or, like, keep it from coming out, don't hint to Nina there's a reason you know and only you know that Nell won't come back. Um, so that annoyed me a little bit. Yeah, Jax is a fucking annoying. Yeah. Um... So, Brooklyn, it's funny because in my head I was like, oh, wow, she's, I saw her as this, she punched Lulu once. That was my introduction. But, like, that was an incredible thing to do. Um, and so I'm juggling that view of her as, like, she's, she, like, made this incredible sacrifice to save the baby and all this. And then I, the, the way she reacted to her father He's already apologized. He's laid this out. It was a moment in anger. She was just like, no, I'm not, I'm mad at you. I'm not going to forgive you. And he says, I want you to come home. And she's like, what home? And I kind of eye rolled. I, I was on her side that whole scene. I was even annoyed at Olivia a little bit because I had really liked that Olivia had taken Brooklyn's side when mm-hmm. Ned kicked her out of the house. I agree. And, 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 and it's, it's the day after an extremely traumatic physical uh, injury and trauma. She's dealing with it. She's processing it. And and really, honestly, it's one of my pet peeves when people, like, demand forgiveness. Mm. Especially when they've, like, just apologized. Yeah. Like, maybe they'll get there and they'll forgive you. It's not on you to demand a timeline for that forgiveness. Right. And I understand he wants to help her and be there for her, and she's his daughter, but he needs to let know what she wants. Um, his apologies seem very heartfelt and genuine and absolute and not um, hedging. True. From what he said to her initially, what he said to her today. So I was like, I, I, I don't know. But, but, but by the end, I kind of flip back to her side because of how soon all this is. And like, I mean, he was angry and kicked her out of the house. It doesn't seem like an unfor- unsurmountable thing to get over. But, but then I realized this. she just got slashed across the throat last night. And barely survived the surgery. And is coping with maybe losing her singing career, which she chose to do to save the baby, which is a lot. So, yeah, I was, I was like, flipping back and forth. I think yeah. I ended with her. But I was, like, eye-rolling, and then I was like, wait, this just happened last night. So I, I got there. And Michael and Willow's scene was really sweet when they came and mm-hmm. said thank you to her. So that was lovely. Um... The other Willow and Michael stuff, um, I know it wasn't the point of the scene, and it's Willow and Michael, and I like them, but they're just like, oh, the staff, ha ha ha, and they go and do their rich people things, so it's just like, eh, okay. Yeah, the, the quarter means do rich people things. Yeah, that's Because they're really rich. Um, I thought it was funny that J- when Jason was talking to Michael, mm-hmm. Jason, you in the show, it immediately lampshaded it, but Jason was like, well, sometimes it helps to talk. <laughs> that was really funny. And then... When Michael was talking to, to Jason about kissing Willow, I think I paused it and turned to you and I was like, does Jason know the truth? And he doesn't. Sam and Sonny just found out about the Chase and Sasha cheating plot. Speculating. I don't think they know for sure. Sonny is like, that's got to be bullshit. But I don't think they have definitive confirmation. They don't have confirmation, but like, Sonny was like, I know that's yeah. not true. But Sam hasn't blurted it out to Jason yet, the way Jason <laughs> immediately tells her everything about Taggart and all this right, other stuff. Right, right. So I'm sure Sam will mention it at some point, but Jason doesn't know yet. Yeah. I, and I know your focus is very much on, like, wanting the truth to come out so that everything can be sorted and everyone can go back to their proper couples. Yes, please. Which we'll see. But 
I thought it was really sweet because when Michael was like, well, neither of us saw it coming, and Jason was like, really? <laughs> because, like, as I just, well, not I just told you, I think I was just editing the episode where I told you, <laughs> so this was a while ago, um, about Jason and Sam's sort of origin story. This is, like, exactly how Jason and Sam got together. They were raising a baby, or, or that's not even true. They were planning on raising a baby together that they both very much loved. They weren't together romantically, but it was this foundation of trust and respect and friendship. So Jason Aww. was like, well, of, of course this is kind of inevitable. If you've yeah. sort of already formed this family unit based on these really foundational, like, support things and, and this love for this child. And that wouldn't mean that the love that develops between you isn't real. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about that connection. Um, Willow talking to the baby monitor about kissing, to the baby about kissing his dad was weird, but I get what they were doing. Yes. It was, I was on board with it until she literally started talking about the kiss itself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because just, like, talking to him about, like, because it started with her obviously talking to Wiley about, like, Wiley, and then, like, oh, you're just like your dad, and oh, your dad is so handsome and brave. That was all fine. It, it all flowed fairly naturally, and then mm-hmm. the stuff of the kiss felt a little forced. Yes, it did, but that's fine. That's fine. It, it was um, still, it, I, I do like when they, that they are trying to be a little creative about not being able to show Wiley, and it kind of mirrored that moment when she overheard him on the baby monitor when he just brought Wiley home. Yeah. So, so I do, I do like it in part, but yeah, I think it got a little heavy-handed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're, at some point they're going to talk about the kiss, and mm-hmm. I don't know. To my my dream, my I, and I, I will never, I will not let it go, even if it's unrealistic for soap. But we now have Carly and Sunny and Sam. And Finn, and pretty soon Jason, I'm sure, who all care deeply about Michael and Chase and Willow. I don't think anyone really cares about Sasha <laughs> as herself, you know, but, but those, that, those are five very strong mentor figures. They must come together as a coalition <laughs> and bring this truth to light. Okay, it is a soap, so I promise you the secret will eventually come out. But it's a soap, so I can't guarantee it's going to end up the way you want it to. I know. I'm just, just based on the moment where I landed in, and I don't even have that, I mean, these intense, strong feelings about it, but it's just so unfair. Yeah. <laughs> and so I will always want those couples to switch back. Yeah. We'll see. My money would be on maybe one of those two couples getting back together, but not both. Like, I don't think you're going to, I don't think it's going to, I don't, I, I don't think it's going to be that simple. I know. I know. I know. I just, I hated this from the beginning. I've been very vocal. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> oh, I so wanted Brando to pop up because Sonny <laughs> bonded with Mike, got him to talk, got him excited about horses. And then they literally went They're to the racetrack. Race I hope track. they picked up Brando on the way or like they texted sh- him Oh to my meet God. Them. Yes. Yes. Cause they invited Jason. Jason doesn't care about horses. <laughs> They should have also brought TJ. Yes. And Molly. Oh my gosh. Hopefully they do that. Um, and so they're like literally going to the track, and Mike seems very engaged, and it's very cute. And I hope that's just lovely. And the episode ended that way, which was like very unusual. Let's go to the horse races. Um, huh. Because the point I made was very different than the last ending. So, mm. so let's talk about this. So Neil is actually dead. Neil is actually dead. I had a minute at the end of the episode yesterday where I was like, there'll be a health scare or something. I was trying to tell myself. It just, like, that's not fair. He wasn't involved in any crazy plots with murderers or... That's crazy. Poor Alexis. Oh, my God. She killed it. Okay. uh, The actress, Nancy Lee Grand. Uh What is her name? Nancy Lee Grand. So I have some notes before her big scene on the balcony and after her scene on the balcony, but when she was on the balcony with Sam, I could not take my eyes off the screen or like look down at my notes because that was an incredibly raw performance of not even grief because I think grief is longer term. It was a performance of like shock and horror and disbelief disbelief, and she was laughing at herself and like like all those like when you cannot control your reactions, yeah. that's an incredibly difficult thing to intentionally act, I think, as a mm-hmm. performer. Um, that was just an amazing scene. Yeah. Because that's so caught up in, like, not even this is your partner of however many years, which is a different type of reaction, 
this is this represents the hope for your future. That was incredible. Yeah. And and I don't know why the writers did that other than the actor quit or whatever. Like I, just to torture I Alexis? May, maybe. I mean, cuz there's there's that thing. I mean, even in like primetime shows, right, where like once the couple gets together, like where does the story go? Like, oh, it's no longer yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. So they, I guess, finally gave her, like, a healthy, happy, stable, potential partner. They'd finally sort of resolved all the issues keeping them apart, got them together, and they were like, well, I guess it's time to kill him off. I, I, I don't know. I, I still haven't looked it up, so I don't know if it, the actor wanted to leave or if the show wanted to take Alexis in a particular direction. Yeah. Because sometimes you don't know, you don't realize until maybe a few weeks or a couple months down the line, maybe not months, but, you know, they're, what they're setting up for, like, the next sure. sort of stage of the story. So they could have some long-term plan for Alexis, or or maybe that actor just wanted to leave. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, that was that was very interesting. Um, so before that scene, Valerie comes in. Um, I guess Chase is busy. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I thought it was all very odd. And again, I don't know Valerie. The show's not introduced me to her in any significant way. But she brings up, oh, he was your former therapist. And I was like, I don't see how that's relevant. And then asks her details about what Alexis knew about his heart condition, if he had one. Like, maybe those yeah. are standard questions. I've never been interviewed by the police for any reason. I don't know if they're standard questions either. The health questions seemed less odd to me. I guess it just seemed like they were like, well, did he mention a heart condition? Like... Oh, like her tone more so? Kind of. Or like, I mean, why would this Why would this person maybe have knowledge about it, go do an autopsy? Like, it was like, it was well, like... I mean, tr- there, there was no family member to ask. Yeah, like, I, like, I, I guess. The, I guess. the medical one, I didn't think was that odd, okay. but, I don't, but I don't know. The, the, the therapist question, yeah, I thought was, was odd. unnecessary. But just to end on a beautiful note, so Alexis is like, Alexis goes over to grab Neil's wallet and look through it, and she finds a ticket from Aida. Yeah. That they went to together. That was, so that was, that was beautiful. Like just visual storytelling. Like, yeah, that's like Neil's. Like I guess let's say legacy on the show. I guess like, um, he would never have said that or like, it's not just like he, that. He's been carrying that around in his wallet no matter what he thought may or may not happen with mm-hmm. Alexis. Um, it was like a beautiful like legacy of his character. Wednesday, September second. After all this talk and all this build up and. Everybody talking about it. We finally see a horse. I know. A I know. horse. I can't even make jokes about Brando and TJ, though, because it was so sweet and wholesome. And neither of them were even in this episode. Correct. <laughs> um, but Carly officially said she loves horses, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sonny got a lot of quality time with his father. And um, it was just nice. It was lovely. I have a bad feeling, though, that that's going to be, like, the last good day. Yeah, that seems like what they're... It was, because it was so sweet and so wholesome, and, and it went so well. And Sonny almost said that explicitly in the text. Like, he was, like... I have a bad... Yeah, he said, like, I have a feeling... It's close to the end. It's close to the end, yeah. And Carly was, like, you know, I was really nervous that you thought this was going to make him better, but, you you know, she was, like, I see now that you're building this last good memory with him, basically. Um, so Carly was very supportive and very sweet, she said, I have to tell you something, and I thought she was going to bring up Nell and do the right thing and tell him the truth, but she didn't. That's fine. Um, but speaking of people keeping secrets, I want to talk about Anna. Oh, okay, yeah. Let's... Because, okay, so she's all excited about Peter and Maxie having a baby. She's going to serve them a dinner party. But then she, like, looks at Peter, and she's like, don't mess it up. And I've come to this conclusion, or I figured it out. There were some flashbacks and stuff, but um, when Peter confronted Anna... I thought it was really funny. He was like, I was going to have this fight with you, but you've been having it with herself. You, oh, you mean Robert? What did I say? Peter. Sorry. Yes, Robert. Um, Anna basically said, I'm too far into this lie. And if I tell Maxie now, I'll be the one who kept it from her. So I'm like, Anna's kind of going a little dark, which I thought she was, I initially thought she was naive to the whole thing, but. Well, I think she's. Not so much lying as in denial. Yeah. Very deep denial that she is, yeah, now starting to realize she's dug herself into a hole. Right, and she knows the truth, and now 
Maxie's this innocent party and now the baby is an innocent party. So I think she's starting to doubt herself or like think yeah. she made a mistake. Um, I was also super excited by that phone call at the yeah. very end of the episode. So we're going to get some twin stuff. Yes. And, and I'm really, really hoping we, this is building up to confirmation that Peter's Alex's son, not Anna's. Which, I mean, she'd still be related to Peter. That's not my problem with her oh, being his mother. Oh, it's the whole conception piece. It's the whole conception but what piece. would that change for Anna? Would she reveal all his crimes to Maxie at that point? Like, what would that change in the plot? Well, uh, first of all, genuinely, for me, it's not a plot thing. It is I a know. It is a, like, visceral objection to the retcon of that storyline. Sure. Plot aside. Um, Plot-wise, I, I think, again, you might be, like, hinging too much on certain things. So, like, at one point you thought Nina was going to side with Nell because she finds out she's her daughter. Mm, right. And we had the whole... She was kind of on Nell's side. She kind of backtracked. We had the whole custody battle... All of that happened, and we still don't know whether or not Nina's her daughter. I right. mean, Nina's her mother. So I think it might be similar, where it might not be literally about whether or not he's actually her son that makes her make the decision, but it's more about maybe she comes to realize, you know, it's about right and wrong, or it's about protecting Maxie. Right. Whether or not she yet has confirmation that he's her son or Alex's. Yeah. That makes sense. And they're, they're not, to, not to find all these segues, but... Um, Robert is Maxie's adoptive uncle? Yes. I, okay. Yeah. So they're, and they didn't bring it up, like, in so many words, but Robert's like, you're pitting your love of your son against my love of my niece. So it kind of felt like they were, they both know the truth, and Anna wants to protect Peter, even though he's a bad guy because she loves him. And Robert's like, yeah, but I have Maxie to look out for. Mm-hmm. Um, which reminded me of Ned and Olivia. Mm, um, that was, oh, that was so rough. That was so stupid. Because they were basically just Dante. It was Dante versus Brooklyn. Like, who are mm-hmm. we going to go support? And Ned is so dumb. Ned is, I'm, I'm really, really done with Ned. Because he not only was being extremely, like, dismissive of, of Brooklyn's, what she said she wanted, right? He was then completely dismissing out of hand Olivia's needs and desires. And when she said, like, this might be the last chance I get ever get to see my son, he literally said to her, respect your son's, respect your son's boundaries. Yeah. He, doesn't, he doesn't want to see you. And I'm like, oh my God, Ned, Brooklyn doesn't want to see you. So shut the fuck up and let Olivia go see her son. And his whole, his whole argument is, I've made such bad choices and been such a shitty father. I need you to help me rebuild the bridge. Right. Just wait. And like Olivia said, wait a couple days till she's back. Also, like literally, exactly, a couple of days. Yeah. She's going to fly there, see Dante, and fly right back home. Brooklyn hasn't even been released from the hospital. So it's not like he needs Olivia there to talk her into coming back to the house immediately. He's so clearly in the wrong. And he just learned all this, supposedly, over the last couple days about being wrong and accepting it. Like... I was just, that was just, Olivia deserves better. So much better. Oh, I miss Johnny. So I guess speaking of Brooklyn, so she's in the hospital. Just gets a parade of visitors. Just nonstop. And they keep bumping into each other too. Um, So Lulu and Dustin stop by and Lulu's like, I maybe get what you're going through because I was stabbed by Ryan Chamberlain, who was a serial killer, Mm -hmm. which I've heard that name a lot. Um, And then Sasha visits her and doesn't say anything about the baby or her accident or, or her, her attack or anything. She's just like, oh, by the way, Chase is not a dirt bag. And I was like, okay. And then I thought she was going to blurt everything out to Brooklyn and tell the truth. Instead, she just told a version of the story that makes Chase look good but still doesn't tell her the truth, and it seems to talk up Chase. I think she's trying to set them up. I yes. know, because you said that too. They're chemistry testing them maybe. They've had all these scenes. So that was yeah. really weird. Well, and then in, in universe, I think Sasha got really freaked out when Chase told her he wanted to tell Willow the real truth. Oh, so she maybe wants to hook Chase up with someone yeah, else. Yeah, I think oh, she's trying okay. to course correct. Okay. And then Chase dropped by, didn't say much, but said something about, you know, you saved Wiley. You know, now Michael and Willow have Wiley back. So I want Brooklyn to put the pieces together and... I like she out of all the people who know the truth now, which I'm still I'll never stop talking about this. Br- Brooklyn, because she loves Michael so much, 
I can see Brooklyn being like, okay, these two are actually amazing. I want her to parent trap them all and just fix it. And I know Chase and You Sa- are just like Chase. I know. You need to you need to sit down opposite Sasha in that cafe and listen to everything she tells you. She made a once lot- you once you give someone up, you can't unring that bell. I know, I know. She made a lot of really good points. Mm-hmm. But I'm also on Chase's side of like, okay, maybe we messed up by playing God. We can't They a hundred percent messed Which up. Which they did. But now like and so many people know now it's just a question of when it comes out. Um but I don't see Carly messing with the st- messing with it anymore. Now that I don't Finn Finn maybe is a wild card. I want Brooklyn to figure it out. I'm just I know I'm just like Chase. You are just and like Chase. And I can Chase. see how dumb he's being. And he's oh my being god, real dumb. when he was lurking in the bushes overhearing <laughs> Michael and Willow, mm-hmm. it was so funny because he was so visible. Like if they just turned their head, he would have been right there yeah. in a bright red shirt. It was really funny. Um, and I mean, he overheard them talking about how they kissed and they don't regret it, but he also overheard them both acknowledge that Willow is still in love with him. So I thought it was interesting he landed on Sasha's side and was like, you're right, basically, it's too late. Well, I mean, you can't turn off feelings for someone just like that, but he did break her heart, and she... and. Michael are trying to build something, and I think he... he that's know, what he got from that exchange. But, okay, so Willow can adopt Wiley. Mm-hmm. Michael and Willow can be amazing parents to mm-hmm. Wiley. They can get a divorce and go be with other people and still co-parent, because I think that's the thing. They wanted... So Willow, Willow is Wiley's mom in every way that counts. So just keep that peace, but then go... Just switch back. Good luck. <laughs> I'll, I'll be rooting for you. Thanks, thanks, thanks. Um, I know it's it's not realistic. That piece of it aside, I did think it was a very lovely conversation because Michael and Willow, surprisingly, be, not before they got married and not even really in the shortly thereafter, they never really talked about what their relationship was going to look like. Like, they were so focused on Wiley, which makes sense, but when you're marrying someone and living together and parenting a child, like, they never really talked about boundaries. So I like that they finally had a conversation about, like, their comfort levels and taking it one day at a time and being open to the possibility of something romantic, although they didn't even say that much explicitly, but, you know, seeing where it goes. Um, and I think Willow's just point, too, was like, I don't want to rush. Right. And I think Willow's point was interesting, too. She's like, I don't want to rush into this. Because what if it doesn't work out and that jeopardizes this? We want to make sure we do the right thing, whatever that ends up being, and we don't... Yeah. Um, And then this is just more of a me figuring things out thing, but Mm -hmm. Maxie and Peter and Lulu and Dustin sit down for coffee. And then last last little piece is Lulu was like, yeah, she didn't say any of this to Brooklyn, but she's like, yeah, it's amazing. She's the reason she saved my nephew. How, how is Wiley, Lulu's nephew. And I maybe figured it out. Okay. Because my first thought Let's process... Uh, I think I did, actually. My first thought process was like, wait, Lulu and Carly are first cousins. Because Lulu's father is Lucky, and Lucky's sister is... Lulu's... No, Lulu's... Oh, no, wait. Brother Lulu's is Lucky. Lulu's brother is... Okay. Lulu, Lulu's father is Luke. Mm-hmm. And Luke and Bobby Spencer are siblings, and mm-hmm. Bobby is Carly's mom. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, that track... Um, uh, that would make Lulu and Wiley first cousins twice removed. So not even close. Right? Because Lulu and Carly are first yeah. cousins. And this is her first cousin's grandson. Yeah. But is it because of Dante? Because by marriage, Dante and Mike... Well, Michael and Dante are brothers. She used to be married to Dante, so by marriage, Wiley is her nephew? I believe that is what she meant. Okay. Yes. It's, 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 it's a little removed either way, but I think I, I, I think both of those tracks were correct. Yeah. Uh, the first one was correct. Yes. But I, yeah, I think she meant the second okay. one. And those are all my notes, but I, I, I think I have the family trees pretty solid at this point. I'm so it's proud. very exciting. So this is the episode from Thursday, September 3rd. There was a lot happening mm-hmm. in this episode. <laughs> um, I, okay. I would not have guessed this, but. The story I was most engaged with, oddly enough, was Robert and Olivia on the plane. Yeah. It was so lovely. So they talked a lot about what they're each going through. We talked about that parallel last time. They're both kind of defending their their children or people they love from 
their partners, sort of, or their their close friends. So Olivia's talk, had a fight with Ned about going to see Dante. Robert is fighting with Anna about Peter and Maxie. And so there's those parallels, and just like, um, it was really lovely. Like, Robert was like, "Well, you know, you need the time in this Brooklyn needs the time in this space to heal." I don't know. They he is more supportive of her than her husband by far. Yeah, which I mean, they're obviously doing on purpose, meaning the show writers, but it it really is is making Ned suffer from comparison. Absolutely. And it's such a lovely and kind of unexpected friendship. They don't have a long history, you would say? No, I think they they only started to become friends I th- I think once Dante went to this facility because I think mm. Robert was either passing on the letters or trying to get her updates when he could through the WSB and his like contacts. I'm sure they they knew each other before then, maybe. Robert's been in and out of town for a while, though, so I'm not sure how well they knew each other before the, this sort of storyline. Okay. And it's it's really become, I think, a very lovely friendship. It is, and I like, they're both going through a lot of pain right now with um, Robert just lost Holly and is struggling with this Peter and Maxie thing, and, and Olivia has her stuff, but, like, what they both identified was that they wanted to support each other. Yeah. So he's going to take her to see Dante, but she's like, I will go with you to Holly's memorial. Yeah. And they, they, like, Robert was like, yes, we'll stay together every step of the way and stay positive. Like, he's giving her the support and encouragement that Ned isn't. And basically, I ship them. <laughs> um, and, you know, Olivia's like, there's nothing worse than being alone when you're scared. And they're, mm-hmm. they're both being vulnerable and admitting they're scared. So that was lovely. The other thing that was amazing is Robert gave me your history corner. Yes, and this is way before my time, so I didn't really know what he was talking about. This it was like a new story for me too. Yeah, and he literally set it up like once upon a time, and he it's it all sounds so familiar because he was like Luke was presumed dead when in an avalanche when he and Holly were, <laughs> you know, traveling the world, and Holly was pregnant and he didn't get deported, so Robert proposed a marriage of convenience, and they fell in love. And I'm like, I, that just that just. I'm speaking that language now of, like, <laughs> presumed dead. Of course, he wasn't, ultimately. The, we've seen several marriages of convenience on different levels. So that was just a really fun history corner. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Robert. Um, okay, let's talk about Anna. Okay, so she talks to Alex. Alex is like, I want to come join you so you can help me meet me in Berlin. And then Finn is like, what are you talking about if you go meet her? What are you going to do? And Anna's like, I don't know. But she's, but she, I thought, she was like, what if she turns out to be Peter's mother? She'll undo all his hard work. Anna seems very invested in Peter and loves him, I guess. But I think I'm on Finn's side. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm on Anna's just because I want Alex to come back on the show. Oh, oh. She's just fun. Correct. But I like how Finn didn't, like, they argued about it. Mm Mm-hmm. But Finn didn't do the thing Ned did to Olivia. I don't know. He didn't dismiss her. He didn't, like... He just kind of was like, okay, that's what you're going to do. That's fine. And kind of... I I think he was just hurt. She was like, I have to protect my family. And he was like, cool. Like, Mm -hmm. I think how he took it was like, well, what about me and Violet? Like, aren't we your family? Yeah. He was more, I think, hurt than he was, like, trying to um, hurt her. And I think the advice he gave, like, your your manipulative sister is baiting you. You're gonna take the bait, and you don't have a plan. I, and I don't. I don't really know any of these dynamics, so I'm kind of just yeah. guessing. But I like Finn so much now that I was just sort of on his side. <laughs> on his side. Uh, and I just know that they're just setting up pieces. I just I'm excited to see what Alex is gonna get up to. Mm-hmm. So I don't really care how we get there. And I just want her to cause some mischief. Yes, and I do like this actress, so I think it'll be fun seeing her play the twin sister yeah. and be evil. Okay, so that will be fun. Um, Maxie and Peter, I. I don't know if it's, I don't like Peter's actor, just he, or I, I, I know he's evil, so he's playing this other thing. He, he just seems so generically excited, and he's like, wow, pregnant women glow, but you look beautiful. It just seems generic and fake. Yeah, I agree. Peter's not showing his best self in the storyline. He just doesn't have much to do. And, like, it, if he's has a horrible past but wants to be a good father, that could be compelling. Valentine. Right. Thank you. Exactly. Um, if he is still at actively a bad guy but truly loves Maxie, that could be compelling. But we see him go off and be evil on phone calls and then pretend to be this perfect partner for Maxie. And I, 
I don't get how they're linked. I don't see an internal struggle. I don't see anything interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, um, Spinelli and Jason together were hilarious. I mean, Spinelli's always really funny, but it seems to be, like, the most talkative character and the least talkative character. A thousand percent. And they've been friends for years and years and years. Um, Jason kind of... I don't even want to say took Spinelli under his wing because it was, like, the most reluctant taking under your wing of someone ever. Because they met when Spinelli was, like, exponentially more obnoxious. He was, like, a teenager, young Mm -hmm. adult. Mm -hmm. And he had, like, a massive crush on Lulu... And he was just himself now, but, like, times a thousand. Okay. And Jason was like, oh, my God, stop. <laughs> but, like, needed his um, computer expertise. And then it slowly evolved into this really, really beautiful friendship. I noticed in their friendship, Spinelli has a nickname for Jason. Yeah. He calls him Stone Cold. He calls him Stone okay. Cold. He, he used to have nicknames for everybody. He still drops them occasionally. He, he I think in, he also referenced... Um, the, uh, Jacqueline Associates, he wants to maybe start up his PI business again. Yeah. That's what he used to call himself. Oh, okay. It, I, I love Spinelli. I wish you. I hope that means he's coming back on a more regular basis. Yeah, I, he's so fun every time I see him. Yeah. And all the stuff he did with Brando was really funny. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so, speaking of Brando, <laughs> I just, okay. I, I can't handle this. So, he's working on a car shirtless. Um, Sarsono's henchman comes in to threaten him, basically. Yes. And and then there's, like, ominous music, and Peter's like, oh, well, you know what you should do? You should put antifreeze in your car. And I was like, is he threatening him, or is he just giving him helpful advice because he doesn't understand he's on a soap opera and this is a threat? It just... Brando's just so not involved in any of this. Yeah. It was silly. It was very silly. And then, like, Spinelli, like... There's the plot, and he has Jason plant the recording device, and Spinelli comes into the mechanic shop, and he's like, so what do I owe you? And Brando's like, well, I'm not going to charge you for a jump start. I'm like, Brando, you're running a business. He doesn't <laughs> charge anyone. And maybe that he was a... He charged Molly. He just didn't overcharge he didn't, her. He didn't charge Jason. And sure, it's it's a jump start, but that was his time, and like, <laughs> he's just not a financially responsible business owner. He does not seem to want to charge anyone. He seems to be doing this for the love of cars. And then Sam and Alexis are talking, everything they said about Neil was lovely, but then they, they're talking about Brando, and Sam's suspicions about Brando, and they're like, you know what, I think Brando might be working for Cyrus Renault. And Alexis is like, oh my god, so Molly had a one-night stand with a drug trafficker? And I... Could not stop internally laughing because Sam is married to a drug trafficker. He's not a drug trafficker. He, he's an enforcer for a drug trafficker. Sonny doesn't traffic drugs. In in Port Charles. Sonny does not traffic drugs. That's oh. his that's I thought he always stopped drugs from being happening in Port Charles. No, no, no. That's why I always joke, I don't know what the fuck Sonny does for his mob business. Because he doesn't do drugs, he doesn't run guns. Oh, I guess I thought he didn't run drugs through his territory, but was running no. them in other places. No. Oh, no. Okay. So, yeah, what crime is left? I don't know. Um, okay, so that's not quite as funny as I thought, but still. They, I mean, they are absolutely mobsters, but they don't traffic drugs. Okay. Um, you know, codes and all that jazz. Okay. Um, and then there was, like, a zoom out as Sam and Alexis were talking, and Sam and Jason's house full-on has a broccoli plant. Did, <laughs> yeah, I saw that, too. Did you notice that? I was that? like, they must be getting interior design tips from Sunny. So then Sam and Jason and Spinelli all meet up in the park, which I guess has a great Wi-Fi, and are watching the video of Brando. Yeah. And, and then Cyrus Renault... Well, first... And then Spinelli goes, oh, well, so far it looks like he's pristine. And I was like, you put the camera... Five minutes ago. Yeah. But also, duh, yes, Brando is pristine. He just loves horses and cars. Yeah. But then... T- really to, any form of transit. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's the, the, the link. And then two of Cyrus Renault's henchmen come in, start beating him up, and Sam just goes, oh, who would do that? <laughs> like, Occam's razor, what's more likely that Sonny's cousin has turned against him and gone to work for this anonymous drug dealer, or Cyrus Renault was behind the whole thing and Brando is clean? Like, duh. And then, okay, who's beating up Brando? Probably the only bad guy in town. I'm sure, I'm sure this finally will put an end to this whole, like, vendetta against Brando for really no reason. I'm sure they're going to run to his aid and, and learn that he's innocent. It was so odd. 
And then, um, okay, and then Sunny and Cyrus Renault face off at Turning Woods. Um, but then a new person showed up whose name is Brick. Mm-hmm. Do you know him? Yes. He is like an associate of Sunny's. He'll pop up occasionally. Not enough to really have any other significant connections mm. to the canvas that I can recall. Okay. Um, so he's just like a friend slash helpful mob adjacent person. Gotcha. Um, and then I've never really thought to ask this, but they're like, oh, uh, Sunny tells Brick that Cyrus Renault is now the chairman of the board at the hospital. And they're like, and Brick is like, yeah, three guesses why he wants to do that. And I'm like, no, but please tell me what your guesses are because I don't really know what his plan is. Like, firing people he doesn't like just to punish them. I assume money laundering, but I don't know. Money laundering, not inside knowledge. Like, he knew that Jason left. But what can he do with that information? Like, knowledge on his enemies? I don't think he's going to keep firing people. I mean, some people, sure. But he has an excuse to fire Bobby and Monica, right? Because of the lawsuit. Because of the lawsuit. But my guess is he'll just keep sort of taunting and tormenting everyone who works there. And, like, because he's got them under his thumb. And he can just be douchey. Yeah, but what's the financial gain? He, isn't his whole point, like, making money off criminal endeavors? I don't know enough about how mobsters run their businesses to <laughs> answer true. these questions That's for true. you. So, I, yeah, I don't know what his game plan is, but it seemed like Sonny and Brick were like, oh, there's a clear reason he's doing it, and it's not clear to me at all. I mean, same. I just guess, just to torment them we'll and keep him, keep him at the forefront. Yeah, yeah. God, like, I'm so annoyed that, like... Cyrus Renault is whatever, fine. But there have been such fun villains. Like, the cult storyline was a lot more fun. Well, fun is a strong word, but a lot more interesting. Liesl Obrecht was such a goddamn fun villain. And I wish she was still on the show and not, like, off in jail. Because she was so fun. And she wasn't chairman of the board, but at one point she was um, chief of staff. <laughs> okay. Oh, she did have a medical background. Yeah, she's a doctor. She did the memory stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dr. Obrecht. And everyone was like, how the fuck did you get to yeah. chief of staff? And she's like, this is going to be great. She was so much fun. I love her. I mean, villain-wise, Nell was super compelling. I liked N- yeah, Nell Yeah, Nell, Nell was even, you know, interesting, although a lot. But yeah, I find Cyrus Renault just not engaging or interesting as a villain. Maybe he will become more so if we, like learn more about any of his, like, personal connections or, like, backstory beyond just I traffic drugs and I kill people and I'm blackmailing Jordan. Like, that's just not interesting to me. I agree. Oh, last thing is that Spinelli had a good pop culture reference this time to Scooby-Doo. Yeah, I do. I I do like when they acknowledge other media and, like, quote things like that. So his van is the the mystery machine. It's very very cute. Very good. All right, Friday, September 4th. I did not see that coming at all. Which part? Well, a couple things, but Neil, mostly. Oh, yeah. I thought it was odd. I talked about it the other day. Every time Alexis told anyone that Neil died in his sleep, everyone was like, well, does he have any underlying conditions? I don't know. And then Jordan was giving the third degree. So... Jordan revealed that his cause of death was ODing on drugs. Which is weird because whenever we've seen Sasha take drugs, they've telegraphed the shit out of it. Right. And Neil seemed perfectly himself. He didn't seem odd or off. It's very strange. And isn't he an addiction counselor? Not that someone who's a counselor Um, couldn't also have... Struggles with I addiction. Don't know if he specifically was an addiction counselor. He he he's an expert in cult deprogramming. Um and I think something else, but I don't I don't, I don't remember if it was drugs specifically. Oh, I thought that's why or addiction in general. I, I thought that's why Alexis was his patient, because she's an alcoholic. Yeah, but that's not the only reason she oh yeah has therapy. Okay. Yeah, I thought that was odd. So my official prediction, based on what you told me about the Trinity tests and people not trusting them, is that someone tampered with the autopsy results. Oh. And it's not true. Maybe. Because <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, I, I'm guessing it's going to... I'm guessing Sasha's drug problem is going to turn into like a larger plot t- tied in with Cyrus's drug running, oh, and okay. that somehow this is going to tie in. Gotcha. Would be my guess, but it's way too early to tell, I think. That's true. 
Um, the other thing I did not see coming was background into Valentine. Yeah. I loved it. I, I thought he just lurked around Windermere throwing people off balconies. And then I guess he was involved with the Cassidine business. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Okay. So he sits down to see Anna. And Anna immediately, okay, n- number one shock, was happy to see him. Yeah. Which we're not used to with Valentine. Then she wants him as backup. And they go into a whole speech. They both talk about how he had a career at WSB and he could have been an honorable man, but Alex, the twin sister, manipulated him because of his infatuation with Anna and then betrayed him, so he got kicked out, I guess. And I that was all crazy. Yeah. So did you see all that? No. He came on the show just a few years ago. There might have been, like, a flashback or two, but, like, like a newly filmed flashback, because he's only been on the show for a handful of years, and this was supposed to have been many years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. So this is just part of his backstory. Yeah. He okay. he was into Anna, and then Alex, like, pretended to be Anna mm-hmm. to, like, manipulate him and get him to do something nefarious. I don't right. remember the details. Um, so that was fun. And then Anna, you know, was like, well, because of your selective ethics, I you're the perfect person to help me go track down Alex. And she said, you owe it to Peter, because you, she said you bollocked up Peter's life when he was maybe mentoring him and being a villain. Yeah, I think it's, I believe Peter was, like, given up to adoption to, like, a normal family, and then Faisal, like, found out about him, and Valentine, like, I think delivered him (gasps) to his father. Oh, that's, that's intense. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing he said was just he doesn't think WSB is interested in Anna because just like me, they, WSB didn't prosecute me and my connection with Chimera, which is maybe a... I don't remember which supervillain plot that was. Okay. Um, it might have been like a bioweapon that he sold to Helena or something. They all sound, it all sounds very evil. Yeah, it was, it was all very evil, and I'm mixing up the details because it was a while ago, but I, I think it was something like that. Some supervillain plot. But the funniest part then is that he turns around to Anna and basically, I wrote down, did he just tell Anna to act like a professional? But he (laughs) he basically laid out for her why her plan is stupid and she's not thinking clearly. And then Anna goes to Finn and is like, I changed my mind, I'm not going to Berlin. So Valentine... Oh, I assumed she was lying. Oh. Maybe not. I thought Valentine convinced her. Oh. I guess I thought, like, maybe she's going to think again about how she wants to approach it but I don't think she's like given up dropping it right she's she's going to think more carefully about her yeah maybe maybe that um okay and then speaking of Peter and Maxie run into Spinelli at the garage it's all kind of nothing but towards the end Spinelli played his hand I thought and told Peter Nell Nell told me about your connection with Shiloh and Drew so then Peter calls Valentine and is like, where's Nell? She's, I need to get to her. And it's all on video because of the recording. Yeah. So Spinelli finally camera. will be getting some concrete evidence maybe. But it's funny that, okay, now Nell is super important in this plot all of a sudden because we think she's dead. I'm sure she's not. I know. No but body. Come on, Carly said so. True. But now Peter wants to go after Nell and probably Valentine will too because she kidnapped the baby, and he's very against her putting the baby in jeopardy. <laughs> sure. Maybe I'll get my murder mystery plot after all. So, like, let's say Nell turns up alive, and then there's going to be all these people who, like, want to offer. her. Oh, my God. Every single person wants to kill her. That would be super fun. I, a murder mystery would be really fun, because, I mean, I can think of half a dozen people who have very concrete motives for killing her. Mm-hmm. Julian, Peter... Sunny. Anyone connected anyone to Sunny. Anyone connected to Sunny. <laughs> Um, Brooklyn. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That would be really fun. Um, okay. Uh, real quick. Brando, beat up. Sam thinks it's staged. Jason says no. They're on the same page now. Yeah, I don't know if Sam's 100% convinced, but I think she'll go along with Jason's lead for now. Yeah. Pending additional evidence. Before she said that, it did cross my mind that it was funny. They installed a recording device, and two minutes later, he was beat up. (laughs) Yeah. Like, so I actually see where she's coming from on that. It seemed a little coincidental. Um, Curtis cooks dinner for Jordan. It was cute. 
And honestly, like, I don't think I've ever seen her smile before. Yeah. So that was just kind of nice. It's always, like, super serious police commissioner. Yeah. Um, but they immediately pivoted to the next thing in their storyline, which is Trina. So they just talked about Trina for a long time. And then Jordan says, if anyone can bring you and Trina together, it's her mother. So just more, more evidence for your theory. Um, but really, the main thing I want to talk about is TJ and Molly. <laughs> oh my god, that was so funny. Because immediately he's like, I'm going to go to batting practice with Brando. Amazing. So great. Um, and then, hilariously, because I thought, because Molly, Molly is a, you know, very sweet, but she can be a bit of a spitfire, and so I thought she was going to let Cyrus Renault have it. Yeah. And then he walks up, and TJ, sweet, amiable young man TJ, yeah. like, goes off on Cyrus Renault. But, but all his burns were, like, so bad. Yeah. Bless his heart. Molly was so proud, but she I was, was, it was... She was so proud, and she was talking it up, but it, he did the fake handshake and then pulled his hand back. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's in fifth like he's grade. A child. Yes, yeah. exactly. It was so on brand for TJ. So I thought that was so funny. I love him. Um, the last thing I want to say about that scene is, I think the writers tried to insert like modern teen slang into this because I wrote this down because it's so odd. Mm-hmm. Um, TJ says to Molly about batting practice. He said, "You should be lit because I'm taking out my baseball obsession on someone else for a change." That's not how that word is used. I don't think it is. Not at all. So that was very, also very funny. So I, I like my read on TJ. Like, he's like a middle-aged man stuck in a, a young a, man's body. Because he's just, he's like, the burns were like dad joke burns. I, I, I love him forever. And then, our, sorry, circling back. Before Jordan interrogates Alexis or whatever, she and Finn is helping her through some stuff. Oh, yeah. Are, they're friends, right? Finn and Alexis are really good friends. Okay. Yeah. They, they, they go to AA meetings together, and they're mm. really sweet. And they did have a one-night stand once, um, but nothing really came of that. And I, I, I really, really enjoy them together. I think they have a really great dynamic. Mm-hmm. And um, I find them way more compelling opposite each other than him and Anna. Yeah, and I mean... Like, I've seen Alexis have these, I don't know, she had a relationship, you know, relationship in many different senses of the word, but I saw her with Jax, and I saw her with Valentine, and I was just kind of like, okay, but I could see a connection with her and Finn. Mm-hmm. It was very good. So, yeah, and then Olivia's, oh, Olivia and Robert are off to Europe, and Anna's yes. not. So oh, like, I'm, oh, I can't wait for, I hope Olivia gets to see Dante. I do And too. something doesn't get, like, thrown in to stop yeah, that from I mean, happening. I mean, if there's an obstacle, like, I feel like if there was an obstacle, it would have already happened. Like, they're well, on a plane to Europe. No, right, but I mean, like, maybe there's some issue with the WSB, maybe Dante refuses to see her, maybe, you know, who knows what could happen. That's true. But I, I hope they get to have a, a reunion. Yeah, and I, I kind of expected it already, but I'm sure it'll be coming um, as the, like, investigation into where Nell is, the necklace coming out at some point. Because I'm sure someone will be shown the necklace or shown a picture of it in evidence, and then if that gets back to anyone connected with Jax or Nina. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that also. Favorite character of the week. I almost want to... Okay, I guess runner-up would be Spinelli, because it was really fun. He was really fun this week. I, I don't see him very often, um, but it's nice to see him make traction and make progress in um, the Peter thing. He was also involved in investigating the motorcycle crash, um, and he, he and Jason were so fun opposite each other. Um, so I liked that a lot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say Carly. Cause I like mm. what she's doing in kind of both her storylines and her choice to not cross over is in, like keeping them separate is interesting. She's supporting, um, Sunny. Um, and, and then she, and she's kind of dealing about everything going on with Nell just with Jax. So... She's playing, um, the supportive thing has been a through line, but the, what she's going through with feeling guilty with Nell and deciding whether or not to tell anyone, that's really interesting. And I just, I like her so much. She's, I love her. Who's your favorite? Um, I think I'm going to say Alexis this week. Mm. Oh, that, that performance, that, what's that actress's name? Nancy Lee Graham. That, that one scene. Oh my God. It's been good throughout, but yeah. Yeah, Good she's call. she's dealing with a lot, and she's just... I feel so bad for her. 
Um, and then, I mean, least favorite character of the week, Ned. Oh, yeah. Ned f- just sucks oh. this week. He's just so wrong. And he's he, he, very wrong, and he's very hypocritical. Mm-hmm. Because everything he's saying about Dante to Olivia, like, I'm just like, listen to your own words and yeah. respect Brooklyn's boundaries. Um, and then I guess my least favorite would... I'm going to say Peter, not because I, like, I just don't like him, but also, like, he's just not an interesting... It could be so compelling if, like, I talked about last time, I think, if he loved Maxie but was doing this stuff, but he just, when he picks up his phone to make a, 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 bad, a bad guy phone call, he just transforms into a different person, and it's, you know what I mean? He just has this veneer over him, um, and everything he does seems fake, and I don't like him. And it just makes me think, like, okay, that's his true personality, this kind of calculating thing. So I think it's all a facade with Maxie, and I don't want that for her. Yeah, Maxie deserves someone she can trust. The thing that surprised me the most was when it cut to the hospital scene, I was like, oh, there's a hosp- there's an actual hospital in this, which sounds <laughs> dumb, but I never thought about what the title was for.